Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here in the East Coast in an igloo. Out West, Adam Stanko. Just two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. We'll go ISO on Thursday. But first, thanks so much for all the kind words, the overwhelming amount of feedback on the Kobe Stories two-part series last week as Adam put together the best sound bites that we got over the past year from our going ISO editions of rejecting the screen, all about Kobe Bryant. If you haven't listened, please make sure to go back and listen. The two part series last week called Kobe stories here on rejecting the screen. So if you're a first time listener subscribed after listening to Kobe stories, welcome Adam and I been doing this for quite some time. We talk hoops and a little bit of life every Tuesday. And then we go ISO a long form interview with all sorts of folks who have touched the NBA. We do that every Thursday. You can go back and listen to Peter Vesey, Hall of Fame journalist, who was Woj before Woj. If you don't know Peter Vesey, go back and listen to the Going ISO edition with Peter Vesey. Go back and listen to Reggie Theus, Dante Jones, Vin Baker, Sean Marion, Adam Morrison, and so many others, all sorts of folks who have touched the NBA. But we were certainly touched by the feedback that we got on the Kobe stories. Coming up, we'll let you know what we're looking forward to this week in the NBA. And since Adam has been all over NBA prospects in college for years and years and years, he'll give you the college prospect to watch this week. So, pal, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, you didn't mention that people could go back and listen to Frank Isola's Going ISO edition. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Oh, yeah, we never had right him off. on the show, did we? Right off the top with that? Stop it. <laughs> Oh, boy. The league's all over the place. And the question we have is, is that a good thing? Now, I know that teams are asking themselves at this point, we're about a quarter of the way through the season, does it matter just to get in the playoffs? And can you tank, which is now known as like a soft tank, can you tank without it looking like you're tanking? Which I think you can, given that Mm -hmm. guys just sit out all the time, and you can call it COVID protocol, not a problem. Just the imbalance in the league, though, is what drives me nuts that Memphis has played 14 games, the Clippers have played 21. Washington has played 16, the Nets have played 22. It's it's still hard to just simply get into it. That's, I think, the thing. It's, it is hard to get into it, and it's hard to figure out, you know, who's any good which we'll, we'll get to, which teams we think might be pretty good here. But you look around the league, and no, we talked about this before the season started, this idea that there was a ton of talent in the NBA, and every team seemingly has at the very least some young players to be excited about. Not like a decade ago or even you know, to, you know 20 years ago when it's teams that were bad had nobody on their team that you could be excited about. Now every team at least has young talent because the philosophy goes, as you said, Hey, if we're not going to win now, let's invest for the future. And I think that's made for an interesting NBA, but it's, it's been so scattered this year. It's been so tough to figure out which of these teams are really strong contenders. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And that's why I pose the question to you. If you think it's a good thing. I mean, we talk all the time. People say the, the question that comes up all the time, does the NBA need the Knicks to be good, for instance? And I'm, I'm curious as to your answer as a guy that's so familiar with that, with that topic. But I'm almost wondering in general, 
Does the NBA need a bunch of teams to be really good? Is that good for the league? Or is this kind of parity really important for them also? Well, I think there's a difference between parity and mediocrity. So you, if you need, a, the NBA certainly would want a bunch of good teams. Sure. More good teams, the better the product is. Every single night you take out that variable of, I don't know, this game might not be worth watching because that team stinks. So the more good teams, the better on any given night. The Knicks, the, the league, that's, all, that's the age-old question. Does the league need the Knicks? The league doesn't need the Knicks to be great. It's more fun when they are when you're actually in the building because Madison Square Garden is a great place to mm -hmm. watch a game. It helps if the, if the Knicks are competent, which it seems like they are with Tom Thibodeau, as we said, the headline going into the season would be at some point, ah, oh, Tibbs really hasn't playing hard. But the product every night is so scattered, and I think that's the problem. Like, look at the Miami Heat. So the Heat are 7-12. and 12. Jimmy Butler was out with COVID. They went 2-8. and eight. But they're only a game and a half back of the seventh spot. And mm -hmm. the seventh spot right now is held by Cleveland. So <laughs> if, if you asked anybody, you'd think, ah, the Heat can still, can still turn it around. They'll be there in the end. But not the Cavaliers. But that's where we are right now in, in the offseason, or because of the offseason that the Heat had just 71 days. A 71-day offseason, and then you lose Jimmy Butler for that time. You go 2-8, and eight, you're 7-12, and 12, and your team can't score. That's just, that's just one example of one of the teams that we all expected to be there this year to be a lot better, but they're not. I just think that we got to get back to the bubble. We got to get to a playoff bubble, and then that will look and feel, as odd as it sounds, more like actual basketball. I'm curious inside some of these locker rooms, just how these teams are sort of evaluating themselves. Because first of all, you had, as you point out, the shortened off season. Then you've got a shortened, this truncated regular season now that we're playing. And a lot of times teams have figured out sort of as the season plays out where they want to be in the, in the loss column, for instance, where they want to be in the standings, where they feel like they should be positioning themselves seating wise. But because of these other variables, COVID uh, protocol being being the, the top on the list and losing players to that, it's very difficult for these teams now to figure out sort of where they stand amongst the other teams and where they would want to be come playoff time. And if you you don't have to take my word for it. If you talk to anybody that's in a front office, they'll tell you the last couple of weeks of the season as they start to figure things out. All right, who are we going to rest for the playoffs? What seed do we really want to get? Should we lose this game? Because now instead of a 3-6 a matchup that we really don't like, maybe we're better off playing that 4-5 matchup, you know, in the first round. And I, I think those kinds of things are interesting, and we just don't have them this year. And I think in a lot of ways, these teams are flying blind. I don't think also that the teams themselves have the true feel for their team. Like the, the, the front office doesn't have a feel for the team. The fans certainly don't have a feel for the team because I think everybody's just holding their breath, crossing their fingers because of mm -hmm. COVID. So when you, when you have that over your head, it's, it's really difficult when you look around the league and see each team has played so many different starting lineups. And the mm -hmm. Celtics have played just, you know, their, their go-to starting lineup just twice. Like Sixers fans feel good about the Sixers but they're just holding their breath for Embiid. And that's the way it goes. Yep. And that was, and that's even, 
that's pre-COVID and, and during COVID. But also, you're fighting for a certain seed, but are you actually going to be on your home floor? Because home court advantage doesn't really matter a whole lot. But are you going to be in your home on your home floor, in your own beds? Or is everybody going to be in the bubble? So we, we simply, there are just so many unknowns at this point. Absolutely. It's funny you bring up the Sixers because they're the one team that home court really does make a difference for some reason at, the, <laughs> at this point in the season. I mean, they, they, but again, that that's also reflects what, what they were last year. I, I would just also point out, no, and it's something you and I have discussed. The, <clears throat> it's not just the general fans when I think about whether this is good for the league, but also the idea, and we've touched on this in the past, the other ways that fans come in and really get the full NBA experience are through fantasy and through gambling. And both of those have been disrupted in a major way as well. It's been awfully hard for people. And at some point, we're going to be interviewing the fantasy expert, Josh Lloyd, here on the Rejecting the Screen pod, podcast. We will be going ISO with him. The But fantasy has been totally disrupted, and so has gambling. And so all of a sudden, these other parts where people got invested on an even deeper level with the league are unable to do so because that's been such a mess as well. So you don't want to hear about my fantasy team. You don't want to hear about Devin Booker being out again and, and losing Markel Fultz. You, you don't want to hear about it, right? Oh, that's brutal. That's brutal. okay. I do. I do. I do. But nobody other else. People may not. Nobody other else people does. May not. No. So who is good? Super Bowl is here. And the one place that's got you covered and the one place we trust to make the bets, since we know you're going to do it anyway, do it at betonline.ag. You sign up today, get a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D, on LOCKEDON, get a 50% welcome bonus. So put in 100 bucks to start, you get 150 Locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus. And I was looking at prop bets, on bet online, I was looking at just the spread of the game with the Chiefs being a three-point favorite. The over/under is set at fifty-six, so I decided to do a little bit of research because that total seemed high. Now, the game in with with Super Bowls with a closing total of fifty or higher, Adam. Mm-hmm. That and if you're unfamiliar, it's the that's the total number of points scored in the game. The under is eight, three, and one. Mm. So even though both conference championships games went over the total, I'm talking about closing totals of 50 plus, including last year, it was 52 and a half, including the year before, which was 55 and a half, including 2011, 2009, 2007, 2001. The only time in, in that handful of times that actually went over was the Pat Falcons craziness back in 2016 so do your homework then go to lock then go to betonline.ag make your bets promo code is locked on l-o-c-k-e-d on 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts you know we've got you covered every team every day on the lockdown podcast network but now we've got you covered everywhere the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered everywhere with Locked On Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski, who's terrific. And it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast 
wherever you get your podcasts. Adam was a guest on Locked On today when Peter had you on to talk about the Kobe Project. And if you haven't heard the Kobe Project, just subscribe to the Rejecting the Screen podcast. That's the one you're listening to right now. And listen to Kobe Stories Part 1 and Kobe Stories Part 2. Now, speaking of Kobe, who's good? The Lakers are good. Mm-hmm. And so here's, so here's how I looked at who's good right now. Mm-hmm. There aren't many teams that are, that are good. And there's a difference between, can this team win the title? Do you think they can win the title? Or are they good? So the teams that win the title, it used to be, you had to finish in the top 10. You have to have a top 10 defense to win the title. I think that's expanded. I think the number now goes to top 11 defense to win the title. So I'm going to give you the teams in the top 11 yep. for defense. Lakers, Memphis, Philly, Houston, Phoenix, Utah, Knicks, Cleveland, Atlanta, Boston, and Golden State and the Clippers are tied. All those teams aren't good. The Lakers, Sixers, Clippers. Those are my, I'm sorry, Lakers, Sixers, Jazz, Clippers are, are the four best teams in that group. And then I think Boston is a distant fifth. It's interesting. That's an interesting list. And it was funny, Noah, as I started to think about who is good, first question I wanted to ask was, all right, who can actually win this? Who can win the title? And it's you bring up a good point. So I looked at the last six finals and went, okay, what were their offensive and defensive ratings? Because it seems like teams that that were high among offensive and defensive rating the last couple of years like hasn't necessarily been the case this year. And obviously losing players has been a big part of that. The, the fact that home court advantage has been taken away. All, all these things can factor in. But I was just curious. Anyway, the last six years, the teams that won it, every single one of the team had a top three offensive or defensive rating. And the other one was top 12. Except for the 2018-19 Raptors, who were fifth in offensive rating and offensive defensive and, and defensive rating. But if you take the other five teams um, over the last six years, they all had a top three offensive or defensive rating. And the other rating was top 12. So I said, all right, well, how many teams fall under that category then? Well, there's two. The Clippers are third in offensive rating, eighth mm-hmm. in defensive and Lakers eighth in offensive rating first in defensive rating. So if we talk about just teams based upon that metric, who could win it, then you start to say, okay, what about teams near the top that also, you know, have stuff close to that? Well, Jazz, fifth in offensive, fourth in defensive. Sixers, 12th in offensive, fifth in defensive. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because the teams that we sort of said, I still believe could have a chance to win this thing when it's all said and done and things start to settle out and maybe injuries or obviously COVID protocol takes a toll. You think about the Nets, second best offense in the league, but obviously defensively having their issues. And we saw that collapse against the issues. <laughs> issues, issues is one way, to, one way to put it. Then you've got the Bucs, who last year, we, when you think about them, were the best offensive and defensive team in the league. Mm-hmm. They also went very deep and then shortened their rotation come playoff time, and that hurt them. The Bucs, who I would also say are a good team, only 11-8 and eight this year at the time that we're recording this podcast, first in offensive rating but 17th in defensive rating. Yep. So obviously the defense 
there are things that have to change there and, and get shored up. I would say, no, if I were to say the teams that are good right now, I would say in the East, I would pretty much say the Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Celtics, and I think the Pacers are good. I think they're good teams. Again, not saying necessarily they can win this thing. Mm-hmm. And in the West, I would go Clippers, Jazz, Lakers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Suns. And you know what? Maybe the Rockets are starting to now with, with the moves. I think the Rockets, in a month, we're going to be saying the Rockets are, are right there among the best teams in, in the West. I really mm. do believe that they're going to be rolling a little bit. They're coming along. The, but de- that, maybe the, the defense has been really good for Houston, and that's been the difference. Yeah, they're third best in defensive rating. So, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously the chemistry offensively needs to be figured out and all that. But I do – Victor Oladipo, huge addition – it's I, just interesting to me as you look across the league, it's so hard to tell, as we talked about in the first segment, because so many of these teams are hovering around 500, and there's just so many inconsistencies. But you almost have to view it as, if they're at full strength, who do you trust? Right, if you're at full strength, and then for how long, and who have you actually beaten already? So when I look at the Lakers – when they beat Boston the other night, I mean, it wasn't pretty, but there was, it was a healthy team, and you saw what Frank Vogel did. He went to a nine-man rotation. He had the LeBron AD, Gasol, KCP, Schroeder starting lineup, and then his bench, Caruso, THD, Harold, and Kuzma. That, that was the nine. No Markeith, no Wes Matthews. That was, that was their nine. So you started to think, all right, well, this is who Frank Vogel wants his team to be mm-hmm. and the Clippers themselves PG and, and Kawhi have been terrific even though Kawhi's numbers are a bit down they've been really good Lou Will has been atrocious I mean Lou Will to be effective needs to be getting closer to the 18 a night he was getting a year ago and yep. he's getting eight a night and but but they've had so many roster changes and the interior is just as bad as Lou Will, Lou Will has been on the perimeter, and that has a lot to do with not having Montrezl Harrell anymore. The Nets, we don't, we have no idea. So the defense is embarrassing, and you mentioned the Pacers. When healthy, when all together, yeah, that that's a team that I wouldn't want to see. But can they win the title? No. But I love the Pacers, and I've had Demontis Sabonis on the fantasy team the past two years. Just saying. Will will the Raptors end up turning it around? I don't think so. And what is the Celtics ceiling? Like I we we did before the season. There are only certain teams that can that can win the title mm-hmm. when completely healthy. Like who do you trust in the playoffs? And it's it's pretty difficult to to fully trust anybody else except for the Lakers at this point. But I think, I think the Sixers beating the Lakers last week showed that the Sixers have the at least the wherewithal to be able to do it. It's so interesting that you bring that up because you had mentioned that I, that I jumped on Locked On today with Peter Bukowski, and the question that he asked me about Lakers-Sixers was who did you learn more about during that game? And for me, it was clearly the Sixers, and not just because they won – which is easy always to point to, but more so because there are so many questions 
externally about the Sixers, and you know they exist internally about whether that team has what it takes to win the whole thing. And so withstanding a Lakers comeback against the Sixers was big. And Tobias Harris being a guy that stepped up and made a big shot late, obviously the game winner was huge for them to know that they had that in them. They needed that game. Um, there's certain teams that sometimes need games in order to prove something to themselves, to build confidence for later in the year and come playoff time. That was critical for the Sixers. And I think if if you're going to point to a game, if they end up winning the title or at least getting to the finals, that's going to be the game you can point to and say that was critical for their season. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot about some of these teams this week. So that list of who's good might shrink, might get a little bit longer. We'll let you know what we're looking forward to next week. RockAuto.com, a family business, been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to RockAuto.com right now, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You you fixed the car yet? I, I can't even get to talking about the lemon that Mike Yam sold me. Um, I did. I had to fix the brakes entirely. That was a whole deal. But don't think I didn't go to Rock Auto, Noah. And they've got everything. You can get brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and get a new carpet for any type of car or truck. RockAuto.com, you just navigate around that catalog. Here's how you filter. You Easy. Clicks. Makes it simple. You can see all the parts available for the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer because those prices are always reliably low for the professionals, the do-it-yourselfers, and the try-it-yourselfers like the two of us. So why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Then you can just save to buy another hoopty from Mike Gam. Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D, space on, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. East meets West in Locked On NBA Tuesdays. It's kind of like us. Me on the East Coast, you on the West Coast. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News, host of Locked On Warriors. David Rammel, host of Locked On Heat. Tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Subscribe Mm. to the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts. When I took a look at the schedule coming up this week, it, it kind of made me feel like it was nineties week. You've got Knicks bulls, got Hornets heat, got Pistons Lakers. <laughs> so if you're just craving the nineties, rest in peace, Dustin diamond screech. Woo. 44 years old. That's oh. tough. If you're craving the nineties, that's tough. Then maybe this week is for you. I, we're recording this on Monday. You can be listening to it on Tuesday, most likely. Monday night, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to watching Memphis-San Antonio. But I like the Friday-Saturday games. So Friday, Boston in L.A. against the Clippers. The middle of the five-game stretch out west for Boston. They've got the Warriors and the Kings on a back-to-back. Then they've got the Clippers, and then they'll get Phoenix and Utah. Celtics, Clippers. Saturday, Brooklyn in Philly. So as we record this, Philly's 10-1 on their court. And you know Joel Embiid's going to be hyped for this. You know Joel Embiid wants to go out there and put up 40. 
and just be dominant. And the Sixers team, after beating the Lakers, we could go, this, this Sixers team is going to be all sorts of jacked up, ready, and, hey, Nets, get your act together. And this week for the Nets, they've got the Clippers, they've got Toronto at home, and then the Rat Philly. So big week to find out whether the Nets are any good. So that's what I'm looking forward to this week. Now on to the college game, since you're tracking all the college prospects or all the college kids that are going to be NBA prospects. You were the, the one that alerted me to Peyton Pitchett all those years ago. Who do you got? The name for this week is Evan Mobley. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the guards and the perimeter players are super talented in this upcoming draft, the, the 2021 draft. But uh, you hear about Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, guys like that. And, we, and we're going to talk about them down the road. But Evan Mobley is, is carving out his own spot amongst certainly top three. And now he's going <laughs> to be contending for a possible number one pick in this in this draft. So USC big man plays with his brother, Isaiah, on, on USC. Uh, he's a freshman. And Noah, he is incredibly long. Seven footer who just, some people think that he still might be growing. He's physically hasn't filled out in his body yet. The comparisons that I've already heard about Evan Mobley have been names like Jaron Jackson, Kevin Garnett, DeAndre Ayton in different ways, in different styles, because his skill set is tremendous for his for his age. He's a willing passer out of double teams. Um, obviously, he rebounds at a really high rate, incredibly talented shot blocker, not just because of his length, but has a really good feel for it. But then he has this skill that that it's hard to really teach. His game is kind of refined. He's got soft touch. He's got his, his form on his shot is, is terrific. And so Evan Mobley this week plays Tuesday against Stanford, who has a kid that's Pac-12 favorite for, for player of the year at this point, and Oscar De Silva is a big man. They also have Zaire Williams, who I don't know if he's going to play. But but people, assuming they hear this on Tuesday, hey, tonight you might get a chance to catch them. Stanford finally playing back at Maples Pavilion. So that's going to be a great match of a front lines um, to see Oscar De Silva go up against Evan Mobley and just to see what Mobley is is capable of. He hasn't put out the dominant scoring games that we love to see college prospects have, um, but his his pro potential is through the roof. This kid could be anything he sort of wants to be at the next level. It's all up to him and, and his desire. And so that's uh, that's on Tuesday. And then they get a matchup with UCLA, who's got a a really talented front line as well. Cody Riley, Jalen Hill, that that also has some guys that could be future pros. He's battling against UCLA's front line. Mick Cronin's turned that squad into a defensive dynamo. So really what's going to be interesting is to see if Evan Mobley can explode against other future pro players um, just to see if, again, he moves up from top three to now even more talk about him being the number one pick in the draft. And apparently the number one pick for your daughter's classroom as mm -hmm. a mystery reader was none other than you. Yeah, well, there was no draft. It was just a, a Google sheet to sign up. But sure, yeah, we'll say, we'll, say, we'll say number one pick. Yeah, I was mystery reader today. And so there's no more snow days, like in the history of the world. Just, just no more snow days. Snow, school's <laughs> closed. Remote learning is what it is. So... And Eden was supposed to be in the classroom today after being out for three weeks. 
And now Monday, Tuesday, oh. schools are closed because it is dumping snow here in New York City. And she's going to want to go outside after this podcast. Not going to go up to the roof of our building because it's going to be too windy, but I'm going to figure out something. I'm going to throw on the full snowsuit, you know, like the bib and everything. I've got one. She's got one. The whole, the whole snowsuit. <laughs> it's tough. So, but yeah, so today was Mystery Reader. Every week they have a Mystery Reader. They were doing nonfiction reading and writing this week. So I chose one of her favorite. She really likes biographies, learning about different people. So I did a uh, Little People Big Dreams series on Coco Chanel, the fashion designer. So, so that went well. She was very excited, surprised that I was the reader. They give three hints. I send in three, three hints. And then the teachers read it to the class, and the kids are supposed to try to think like, oh, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? So, Noah, how did you pull off your the surprise mystery reader? When I've done that with my daughters, and it's been years since, since my oldest were, were in elementary school. But when I did the mystery reading, they didn't know I was after dropping them off that I was coming back to the school in a couple hours. And then I mm -hmm. snuck in the back. And then next thing you know, a teacher calls me up and, you know, the class goes nuts and all that kind of stuff. How do you sneak over to the computer? How does that work in terms of the logistics? The class really went nuts when you walked in, really? Really? <laughs> Standing O. Really? Okay. Class went nuts, I'm sure. Uh, so I just sat, so she has closing circle. She's in first grade. So she had, we had, she had closing circle and on Mondays it's at one fifty. So I just sat on the couch. I brought my laptop out and pretended like I was doing work and I had the book underneath my laptop and just sat there. And I said, I just want to see who mystery reader is. She said, Oh, okay. And that was that. And then the first clue was this mystery reader has a daughter whose favorite sport is basketball. So they narrowed it down to the girls. A few of the girls raised their hand. Has a daughter who also likes to cook and bake. Still a number of girls. And then also then it was this, this girl has an uncle who lives in Switzerland. So that was the, the tell-all for Eden since my brother lives in Switzerland. And that's when uh... she knew that it was me. And she was very excited. So that's a little bit of life. Frank Isola, unable to join us on today's program. We're on Instagram at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at NaismithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. We appreciate it. This was the first time you've been listening to the podcast. We do hoops and a little bit of life on Tuesday, then Thursday, the going ISO edition, where there will be headlines coming out of every interview we do as we take great pride in getting personal stories from folks who have touched the NBA in all sorts of ways in this Thursday will not disappoint on that level as well. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating, review, share it with your friends, following on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best. <laughs>